This is the Endurance Church Podcast with Pastor Anthony Bass. At Endurance Church, our goal is to live well and finish strong by becoming faithful disciples of Christ. We do this through loving, disciplined, Bible-based teaching, encouragement, and care. For more information about our ministry, head to endurancechurch.org. And now, today's message. Now is the time for those people who are called to Christ to stand up. Now, more than ever, is it imperative for us to live for Jesus. Isn't it interesting during these last days as we see our world slipping away that people are drifting from God? I don't know about you, but it sometimes seems hard to spend time with God on a daily basis. That's a rhetorical statement with an implicit pointing at my own self there. Isn't it hard to do your devotions consistently? Or stay, in a sense, engaged with God consistently, not only throughout the week, but throughout your life. Why is it when we need God more now than ever before, are people drifting further and further away from the one who will save us now? What is happening in our day and time? I believe this is the day and time the church will be challenged like never before. Particularly here in America, there's this state of malaise or apathy we have toward the things of God. These things were predicted. This is not something that's catching us off guard. We knew this would happen. So that's why you hear people and prophets crying out for revival. There's a hope throughout the land that the church will come back to God and surrender to God. Revival starts in the church, not in the world. Revival is the church harmonizing again with the will of God. And that's the challenge we have today. The challenges you are facing, the obstacles you are facing are not just you and you alone. Everyone's facing similar challenges. The world is finding itself incapable and unable to overcome the vices and challenges and obstacles it's facing. People have tried everything to fix the problems of the world, but truthfully, there's only one way to fix the problem, and that is Jesus. His coming kingdom is the answer to the utopian dreams of society. Jesus and his coming kingdom is the answer to the meaning and purpose of history. Jesus, who was a slain lamb before time even began, is the answer to our problems today. It's so interesting when I sometimes look in the Bible and read about prophecies, how a lot of the prophets are speaking what they're seeing in past tense. Events that haven't even happened, and they're speaking like they've already seen them. And it was something that is, they're looking in the past at an event that hasn't even happened yet. And that's the problem with us. We're stuck in space and time. We see life as linear, but God is eternal. And I always like to say this here in this church right now. God is at the very moment of your birth, at this second. How can that possibly be? I don't know. He's a powerful God. And at this very moment, he is with you as you're taking your last breath on this planet. 
He's eternal, and it's hard for us to fathom or even conceptualize that because our ability to think is limited and His is not. But understand the things we think in time are hindering. We're waiting for God to move. We're waiting for him to come through. He's already came through. He spoke the word of God, Jesus Christ, before time even began. He had the answer to the problem before even the problem manifested itself in history. He has this under control. The challenge is do you trust him? Do you trust his wisdom? Do you trust his guidance? Do you trust his counsel? Do you trust what he's trying to do in your life? He has the answer. Do you trust him with what he says? That's a challenge we all face. We're looking for answers maybe in all the wrong places. Is that a song? We're looking for love and all. Oh, should I sing that in church? Nevertheless, we are. We're looking for these answers in all the wrong places, but Jesus Christ and him alone, he has all the answers. But when do we go to him? Do we go to him when we're in trouble or before we're in trouble? When do we go to Jesus Christ? Always go to Jesus. Every moment, every day, every hour. We talked about fear and all. My clicker is working. Yes, Lord. We talked about fear. This is a response. People who don't trust, don't love God, this is the response they have toward God. Imagine this, when Moses saw God in the burning bush, imagine how big the burning bush was. Let's say it was seven foot, that's a big bush, but just imagine it was seven. Imagine Moses saw that bush burning and not being consumed. And he's like, oh, wow, that's amazing. Take off your shoes because you're on holy ground. He's like, yeah, it's okay. And he went and had this conversation with God and went back to Egypt and brought the Jewish nation back to God. But what was different when the Jewish people came after God, he was not just a little burning bush. He was a what? A consuming fire. The whole mountain was on fire. And people were like, uh, Moses, this don't look like a burning bush to me. You go and talk to God. The people at the time feared God. They were afraid to talk to him. They were afraid to engage with him. And that is what God is trying to drive out of our hearts God loves us. He sent Jesus Christ to die for us as evidence that he loves us because he loves us. We can be vulnerable to him so we don't have to fear. You say, man, I'm struggling with this issue. Turn to God. Once you love God and are engaged with God and you're vulnerable to God, that fear should turn to all. Got a quote by a man named Victor Hugo. He says, Liberation is not deliverance. Not saying this quote is necessarily canon, but I thought it was a very interesting point that we need to hear, we as in the church. I've been delivered from sins and behaviors. I've been delivered from that, and then I've fallen back into those same behaviors. And I'm like, what happened? I was set free from them, but I was not liberated. Deliverance sets you free, but liberation is when you can live free from those behaviors. The Jewish people, once they were delivered from Egypt, they were delivered, but they were not liberated. And honestly, only two men, two soldiers were liberated. Everybody know their names? Joshua and Caleb. 
Only two men made it into the promised land after being delivered from Egypt. Two. Imagine that. They had been liberated. And the hope today is you understand this one particular point. You have been set free from Satan so that you could freely, without fear, worship God. I said earlier, worship is bowing your will to the will of God. Bowing your will to the will of God. Worship is bowing your will to the will of God. Remember, the first thing Moses said to Pharaoh when he said, let my people go, was what? No, let my people go, God says, so they can come and worship me. The Jewish nation, they were delivered so that they could worship God. Do you get that point? You have been set free from sin and the effects of sin and eventually the presence of sin in your life so that you could freely worship God. That's the point. When we talk about spiritual warfare, what is that? It is Satan's attempt, like Pharaoh, to hinder you from worshiping God. That's what this fight is about. Are you free to worship God? You could have been delivered and still wrestling with the same challenges you had before, but are you liberated so that you could freely worship God? Let's jump into scriptures today. Let's turn our Bible to Luke chapter 1, and we'll look at verse 67. Many of you know I also am an individual who teaches the Bible. I try to do the best I can. And in teaching, sometimes I get stuck on the text, but this is one of those texts I love getting stuck on. Here today, we're talking about Zacharias. Zacharias is the father of who? John. John the Baptist, who's Jesus' cousin. And we know John the Baptist, Jesus said, was the greatest man born of all women. He is the man. But he didn't do any miracles. He actually was beheaded. But why was he great? Because he obeyed God and he led what we would call a revival of the Jewish nation. He helped turn the Jewish nation back to faithfully worshiping God. He was the predecessor. He was the one who came before Jesus. He pointed to Jesus and said, he is the one. John made it clear, man, you know what? I am not even worthy to tie his sandals. He's the man. He later went on to say, he must increase and I must decrease. John, a humble man. But even John, when he was in prison, questioned, was Jesus really the Messiah? Because everybody, everybody during this day and time thought that when the Messiah came, he would come and set up his earthly kingdom. He would be the warrior king, like in my analogy, Leonidas. I'm sorry, I'd go there all the time. He would be like William Wallace. He would be this warrior king like David. And they would overthrow the Roman government and overthrow Roman oppression. And based upon Jesus coming the Messiah, they thought, hey, the Jews at that point would take over the world and Jesus would sit his seat right there in Jerusalem and reign as king forever and ever. But when Jesus came, something different happened. Their Messiah, their king went to the cross and revealed to humanity how good our God really is. Our God is so good, he would die for the things he created. Our God is so good, he gave his life for those people who did not even care about him. So that we never, ever, ever have to fear him again. 
But what's the problem we have today? When God tells us to do something, we wrestle with it. We doubt him. Lord, if I do what you say, it'll make me lose this relationship. I'll lose this money. I'll lose this house. I won't be able to have fun. I won't be able to go to the Vikings game. Oh, God. But do you trust him? And if you don't trust him, you need to ask yourself this question. Why? Why did Adam and Eve not trust God? Why did Adam and Eve doubt God's character? That's the question we always have to wrestle with. Is God really good? Now, from this side of the cross, we have no excuse. We know he's good. We know he's so good, he took severe punishment so that we will be liberated, redeemed from sin. And not only that, that we have an opportunity to have eternal life, living in harmony with God forever and ever. But doubt comes in our brains. We see the consequences of sin, and sometimes we point to God and say, God, why did you allow that to happen? But we don't know God is good. He works all these good things together for those who love him, for those who are called according to his purpose. God makes things work out if you remain faithful through the storm. This has been a presentation of Endurance Church. For more about the ministry, head to endurancechurch.org. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash endurancechurch and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash endurancechurch.tv. Remember to live well and finish strong. Oh, consuming fire, you're our heart's desire, living flame of love, come baptize.